That'll do. <laughs> I miss more, him. more. I miss him. It's been good to see him these last few weeks. Good to have you with us, man. It's been great to be here. It really has. And uh, obviously, Michelle and I had the joy of visiting Andy Hound in Peru in June and July. It was great. But it's lovely to have them back, isn't it? And to be with us up until mid-January kind of time, but when they go back. So they're travelling quite a bit at the moment. Um, it's been away to the 24-7 European gathering for the week. Um, and I think they're with us, well, they're here this week, and then they're on the road again, uh, visiting different locations and uh, just sharing their heart and life. But uh, they are around, around maybe into December, much more over until the time they go home. But uh, it's just great to have them. So Andy's going to share with us this morning and just uh, share some thoughts on his heart. And uh, yeah, it's good to have him. So bless you, mate. Thank you. Mm, Let's just pray. Father God, thank you for this morning. Thank you that your presence is here. Thank you for this beautiful community, Lord. Open our hearts to hear your word. Open our eyes to see you, Father God. Come, Holy Spirit. Amen. What a welcome. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Is this a little drink stand? Wow, look, Hope Church, going up in the world. Look at that. That is good. Guys, it's so good to be standing up here on stage and seeing all your faces. Um, I don't know if you've ever been up here, it can be quite daunting, but actually to just look here, standing next to Graham, and just see your faces and not be on a screen, like it's amazing. It's so good to be here. So lovely to see your faces. Well, maybe not yours, Graham, but no, no, no. I'm only joking, I'm only joking. So the first word of Jesus in the Great Commission of Matthew 28 was go. And for the past two years, me, Helen, Faith and Emma as a family, we've been able to do that, to take the gospel to the nations, specifically to Peru, to carry the the love of Christ and the gospel to those that need it. And it's been an absolute honour. It really has. But there is absolutely no way that we could do this alone. There's no way that we'd be able to be obedient to God's call by ourselves. See, the thing about the Great Commission that Jesus gave us is that, yes, it does require people to go, but it also requires people to send So, so, so many of you have given generously, both prayerfully and financially, to the work that God is doing and how his kingdom is advancing in Cusco, Peru. A thank you just doesn't seem to do justice to the gratitude that we as a family, we feel towards you all. And it's not just the city of Cusco. Your generosity is reaching further than a city. It's reaching a whole region. It's reaching the country. And dare we say it, even the continent. So much more than we could have asked or imagined. And you guys sitting here in this church are enabling that to happen. You are, whether you realize it or not, you are part of this journey. If you see yourselves as part of Hope Church, then please know that you're all part of this journey with us. As a family, we just want to say officially this morning, thank you, Hope Church. 
So I'm going to try and, as Graham says, give a little bit of an update on what God has been up to in Cusco after the, over the past few months, as well as try and just give a little bit, share what I feel God is saying to us as, as individuals and us as a church community. But as Graham said in the notices, if you want to know more um, and hear more stories and more details about life on mission, then please do join us on Wednesday for the Peru night here at 7.30 to find out more. And in case you're sitting here and you're thinking, who are these guys? Who is this? And what have we been up to for the past two years? We've got a short video just to show you to explain a little bit more. Life in Peru is pretty uncertain at the moment. There's been so many violent protests and riots across the country, and the city of Cusco, where we are, has been completely shut off due to roadblocks. As the protests start to arrive, it's all quite peaceful. There's thousands more on their way from different communities in and around Cusco.
Michigan, thank you. Yeah, thank you for all your love, your prayers and your support. Thank you. So the title of my talk this morning is Watch and Pray. And I'd like to read from Isaiah 62, verse 6 to 7. It says, I've posted watchmen on your walls, Jerusalem. They will never be silent, day or night. You who call on the Lord, give yourselves no rest and give him no rest till he establishes Jerusalem and makes her the praise of the earth. The praise of the earth. During our time in Cusco, we've been led to this verse again and again, praying it over the city of Cusco since we've been there. Watchmen on the walls, not resting and not giving God rest until this place is the praise of the earth. And we feel that we were initially called to Cusco to be just that, to be watchmen on the walls. And as I talk about watchmen this morning, I'm talking about all of us, men, women, young, old. Watchmen includes us all. We literally had a wall outside our house with clear open land in front of it. Here's a picture of it here. And that's an absolute rarity in Cusco. The center of Cusco is just construction everywhere, buildings. There is no green space. But it just so happened this wall opened up a clear, unobstructed view of the whole city for us to pray over since we arrived. And during the civil unrest and the deadly riots and protests, which from our last updates most of you here are aware of, we were able to be on the walls each day for such a time as this. In line with Isaiah 62, not resting and not giving God rest until he makes Cusco the praise of the earth. And since the day we arrived, we've prayer walked daily in and around all the Inca walls of this beautiful city, watching and praying. Praying with locals on the streets as they share the, the walls and the barriers in their lives. We've put up prayer walls in various places, as you saw in the video, to, to help break the wall of tradition that the pastor is the one that prays for me. And it's been able to help people experience God in an amazing and creative way. So looking back, it really does feel like God was using us as watchmen on the walls to, to kind of prepare the ground for what he had in store. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. He said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it's possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. This is obviously Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane just before he was about to be crucified for you and for me. Just before he gave his life to save us all. What did he ask? 
He asked his disciples to watch. He says, please watch with me. In verse 40, he came back to his disciples and found them sleeping. And he said, couldn't you guys keep watch with me for one hour? Ephesians 6.18 says this. It says, pray with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching. And this word watching, it means to kind of stay awake, to be attentive and ready. And I was looking through this and thinking, it's pretty clear that God wants us watching. Jesus is looking for watchmen. Attentive to what he's doing, to what might be coming. Here's a question for us this morning. Who or what are we watching? We're all watching something, aren't we? Whether it's our bank balance, our smartphone, social media, a Netflix series, favorite sports team, or watching others. If we looked through the window of your life right now, what would we see you watching? Are we watching over our family and loved ones? Are we watching out for our friends, our neighbors, or the people that God's putting in our paths? God's looking for watchmen that are watching over our children and young people. Watching over our schools, our community, our government, political issues, even global issues. Jesus asks, watch with me. The watchmen from Isaiah 62, they they stood on the walls so they could see a long way into the distance, protecting their community. They were ready and attentive. They had to be. But it's not just enough to watch if we don't pray. We're asked to do both, aren't we? In verse 41, Jesus says to Peter, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is is weak. Jesus is calling us to watch and pray. There's no point watching if we're not praying. And Jesus didn't just say, watch and pray if you feel like it. Clearly the disciples here did not feel like it. Jesus says, come on guys, could you not even do it for one hour? Watch and pray for one hour. Sounds like Graham, doesn't it, in the build up to prayer week. But it's literally what Jesus is asking. When was the last time we prayed for an hour? Just a quick show of hands. Who was in the prayer room during October in the prayer week watching and praying? How many of us are in there? Excellent. One hour with the living God. One hour with Jesus. We have such a great opportunity, don't we, church? Whenever we want to, we can be in the presence of Jesus. We can experience his love, his goodness, and his mercy. And if we want to be a community following God's will... And inviting his kingdom, opening the gates of heaven in and around this and beyond. Seeing lives and families transformed through salvation and miracles. If we want to see more of this, then surely we need to be doing what Jesus asks. Watching and praying. Watchmen on the walls. Not resting in line with Isaiah 62. Not resting and not giving God rest until this place is the praise of the earth. We had a wonderful opportunity on Friday, Pastor Danielle and I. I just, yeah, before I go on to that, just want to say welcome to Pastor Danielle. It's so good having him here from all the way from Cusco. Give him a round of applause. It's so nice for him to finally see and experience our church family, which we keep talking to him about all the time. 
while we're in Cuzco. He's, he's, English is good, so if you get a chance, please go up and speak to him. He sounds a bit American because he spent some time in the States, so don't hold that against him. <laughs> we are trying to teach him a bit of Norfolk as well. Isn't that right, boy? What do you reckon? That's right. Good old boy. So, Danielle and I, we had the honour of coming here Friday morning to the church prayer time. And we saw watchmen and women praying. We were part of that, listening for what God's saying to us as a community and praying for God's kingdom to come here in this and beyond. It was beautiful. As a family, we watched and prayed in England before going to Peru. We sensed that that God was going to do something, to show us something. Then he did. We watched and prayed when we first arrived in Cusco, seeking to know God's will. How can we serve you, God? We took steps of faith that didn't work out, but we kept watching and praying. We went through deception and deceit, which many of you in here are aware of. We didn't understand why this happened, but we kept watching, kept alert, kept watching and praying, kept leaning into God more than ever. So for almost two years, we've kind of been consistently watching and praying. And we had a word given to us from God before we went to Peru about being sent as a family to Cusco to help unite the local church there. And we weren't sure what this meant or how it would happen, but we prayed specifically into this, into unity, since we arrived. There's a lot of division in Cusco. The Catholics are so separate from the rest of the evangelical Christians. Completely divided. Each church is kind of doing their own thing. A lot of pride and years of hurt and division. So we'd watch and pray specifically for unity in the city. It was then that God did something incredible. Out of nowhere, due to the relationships we've built with different churches and pastors over time, we got asked to lead a citywide prayer initiative to unite the city in prayer, which then culminated in a, in a huge festival for everyone. We were suddenly launched onto this platform to reach a whole city. Something that would have probably taken us by ourselves maybe five to ten years to achieve. Leading a city in prayer, engaging with over 200 pastors and churches, all calling together for transformation and unity, salvation and healing for the city. Cusco had never seen anything like this. Our prayers for unity in the city were being answered. But it wasn't the way we expected. We watched and prayed for unity, yes. We knew and believed in the power of the Holy Spirit and intercessory prayer and would kind of expect the Holy Spirit to to make it happen, to unite the churches somehow. But little did we know that we would become the answer to our prayers. That through watching and praying for unity, God would catapult us onto this platform to lead the city. We could no longer just watch and pray We had to respond. So check out what Isaiah 62 says. Just after the watchman on the walls verse, he says this. Pass through, pass through the gates. Prepare the way for the people. Build up, build up the highway, remove the stones, raise a banner 
for the nations. Go through the gates, he says. Prepare the way. Build up. This speaks to us about action, doesn't it? About moving and responding. Not just watching and praying, but going through the gates. Preparing the way for the people. Building up the highway. After the watchman on the walls verse, being attentive and alert, not giving ourselves rest and not giving God rest, watching and praying, God then speaks action. He's looking for a response. Watching and praying for a f- at first. As a family, we'd watched and prayed hard. We leaned into God more than ever after the disappointment of this cafe in the center. And now God was calling us to roll our sleeves up to respond to something that was not in our plans or our thinking. So for the past few months before arriving here, we've had the beautiful opportunity to lead Cusco in three months of non-stop prayer across the city. Day and night, prayer without ceasing. With our team of volunteers, we've set up a different prayer room, praying into unity for the city in a different church each week, moving from one to the next. Literally, thousands of prayers prayed across the city. We've also been leading and training, equipping churches to get out of the walls of their buildings and prayer walk the streets. And that's something that the people in Cusco have not been accustomed to before. To cover every street in Cusco with prayer, inviting God's kingdom to come in every home, school, business, college, in their own communities. We delivered prayer walls to all the churches to pray creatively into unity. And then this huge concert came, free concert for everyone. And we felt called to to go and prepare the ground the night before. So we called the city to come and pray, to cover every blade of grass on this huge sports field where this festival was going to be. And before the concert, we had the opportunity to have two prayer tents set up for families to access. Hundreds turned up to pray creatively. We literally had people queuing to come and pray, to encounter the living God in a way that they're not used to. And then there was the main concert. We saw thousands, literally thousands of people lifting up their hands and responding to Jesus for the first time. It was incredible. And I'm not actually sure what revival or spiritual awakening looks like, but it sure feels like God is doing something very special. And I know this video has been on whilst um, I've been speaking about the festival. I don't know if we could start that again, Ollie, just to play that through, because there is some sound with that as well. This is one we did just, just to show the city. We put this together about the festival that I've just been talking about. Can I 
rando, Señor, declarando, Señor, que Cusco es tu ciudad, Señor. Unidos con salvación en Cusco. Cusco para Cristo. Y todos decimos, Amén. este lugar. Señor, este cielo es tuyo. Así lo queremos. Three hours in, we're running out of prayer resources, but there's still the hunger and the desire to pray, to say thank you with the gratitude docs, to pray for people in their families, on the tree. We've run out of people. We cut hundreds of them out. They're now using triangles. We've got big questions here. So many questions to God. Hey, we've got our prayer wall over here. All the petitions and requests to God. We've got this beautiful creation station. We've got creation in the world here. Building. Saying thank you to Creator God. It's amazing. It still goes on. Thank you, Ollie. Awesome. God doesn't call the qualified, does he? He qualifies the called. We definitely didn't feel qualified for this, but we definitely were called. God had somehow put us in positions of authority. And after watching and praying for unity, we had to respond. We had to be obedient. And we feel that God opened these doors not because of who we are or what we've done, but simply because we've been obedient. We watched and prayed, and now God was asking us to respond. And the beautiful thing about all this is that we feel that it's just the beginning. God has drawn so many people to be placed in and around us who are coming on this journey with us. God's building teams of local prayer warriors who are serving with volunteer hearts from different churches and different communities, joining us in uniting the city. And we're making so many connections, like I said at the start, with different people from communities all over the country and several other South, South American communities, countries. So many doors seem to be opening. And then through our watching and praying, another opportunity arose which required us to respond. Build a 24-7 prayer Peru, prayer and mission base on the prayer mountain, which I know you guys are fully aware of and raised a considerable amount already for. This prayer and mission base will be a center of training and equipping for the city and beyond. A house to live in, a 24-7 prayer Peru office and storeroom, and home to Peru's first permanent 24-7 prayer room. The base will be a conference center and even has the, the possibility of a future retreat center. It's just endless. And God has given us this opportunity due to our partnership with Corazon Church, which is Daniel's and his parents' church, where they own this beautiful prayer mountain. This church have fully embraced 24-7 prayer, and they've loved and supported us like family. 
And we're so grateful for them. Danielle's going to share more about this wonderful vision of this prayer mountain and how his family came to be there. He's going to share more about that on Wednesday. And he's going to be speaking next Sunday, as Graham uh, mentioned. It's a beautiful story and a God-sized story that you won't want to miss. So make sure you, you try and come along to that. So we felt God saying, it's time to respond. And even though we'd had this disappointment and deceit of the cafe in the center, in worldly terms, this seemed like crazy. What are we doing? But we knew God was calling us to this. So we're taking this huge step of faith to get this kingdom project started. And it's so exciting. And we've got some leaflets at the back. If you're not able to come on Wednesday, we'll have these there as well. But there's a few leaflets that just explains a little bit more um, about that. If you want to take them today, please feel free. Being watchmen on the walls is what God asks of us. Watching and praying we know is vital. We know prayer is vital. But it's not just about watching and praying. As we saw in Isaiah 62, we're then called to go through the gates, to build, build the highway. God calls us to this mix of of prayer and action. There are incredible watchmen here in this building. People praying and watching, breathing in, who then respond by breathing out, by moving and responding with God. And it's just been, we've only been here a few days, but it's been incredible to witness and hear and see what God is doing in this place. It's been so encouraging to see firsthand the kingdom building work that this church, that this family, this community is involved in. It's so encouraging just to be with you all again. You've got a whole community of disciples watching and praying and responding to God's call. Just look at what's happening. Hope raises. The food shares on a Monday and Friday. Teams coming and serving the community. Who let the dads out? Was buzzing in here yesterday. People praying with dads that that aren't believers yet. Toddlers, kids, youth work, street prayer, men's ministry, leading connect groups, so much more. I want you to please feel encouraged this morning, church. It's so good to come back and witness what God is doing here. Praise God, no? But be warned, church, if we're watchmen on the walls, in line with Jesus, who's asking us to watch and pray, this will lead to action. Prayer's a risky business. Take our word for it. It led us to a foreign land on mission. It got us in a position to lead a whole city in prayer. God has a habit of employing us in response to our own prayers. So I'd just like you to ask yourself now, what's God saying to you? Is he speaking to you right now about watching and praying? About breathing in and spending more time with him? Or is he saying it's time to respond? It's time to breathe out, to move in line with his will for your life. The 5th century bishop called St. Augustine, he famously said this, no man has a right to lead such a life of contemplation as to forget in his own ease the service due to his neighbor. Nor has any man the right to be so immersed in active life as to neglect the contemplation of God. Where's this balance in our own lives? 
Which one of these areas is God speaking to you about right now? And how can we respond? To help us with that, I just want to look at two examples of people from the Bible who watched and prayed. And then when the time came, they responded to what God was asking. Two people who'd clearly been watching and praying. Two people who were ready for what God was calling them into, even though it wasn't what they wanted or expected. It's a mother and her son. Let's take a look at their response. I'd like to read the mother's response from this book. It's Tyler Staten, Praying Like Monks, Living Like Fools. The mother is Mary, and he beautifully writes about how Mary might be feeling. Mary's a young girl, almost certainly a teenager, smitten with a boy and living into an imagined fairy tale future. Idealistic, innocent Mary has just been paid a visit by an angel to inform her that she, a virgin, is carrying a child. The Spirit of God was the agent of conception, and Yahweh himself is the father. On one hand, this news is thrilling for Mary. God's finally making good on all those lofty promises that the prophets chirped on about centuries ago. Not only is God keeping his promises, Mary must have thought, but he's keeping them in my days. I won't read the stories of the Messiah in a scroll. I'll watch them with my own two eyes. And if that weren't enough on its own, God has selected me for the cast in his redemption drama. It's good news. On the other hand, this news is devastating. Mary's engaged. Can you imagine trying to explain to Joseph that, yes, I'm pregnant with someone else's child, but not to worry, this someone else is the Alpha and Omega. Mary must assume that this news brings with it the cost of divorce and the broken heart of the man she loves. Then there's the legal issue. The Levitical laws list execution as the penalty for adultery. She lives in a small town. There's no keeping this news quiet unless she ends up with a particularly understanding fiancé and an unusually lenient judge. She's a single mother on death row by the end of the week. Her family will distance themselves from her. They'll have to unless they want to be thrown out of the temple right along with her. Best case scenario, she lives a quiet, lonely life with the permanent stain of social stigma and religious judgment. It's good news, but this good news, sure, is costly. So Mary, with all these thoughts ping-ponging around in her mind as she listens to the angel's explanation, how does she respond? She responds simply and says, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. It's a beautiful prayer of surrender and participation in God's will. With the appearance of the angel, Mary had been thinking about the future plans that she had, and she, but they'd been completely destroyed. And what's her response? I'm the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. It's a resilience in a fragile world, isn't it? With no fear of bad news. It's what Sam was talking to us about last week, about having, having this faith in the furnace. To say, even though through storms and trials, yes, have your way. I don't understand God, but I trust you. These aren't my plans, but I trust that you know what's best for me. 
and I'll go with you. Are we ready to respond, church, this way? For our lives to be disrupted? To lay down our plans and say, may your world, your word to me be fulfilled. Now the son, towards the end of Jesus' life, we see Jesus pray and respond with almost identical words to his mother. Just before he was about to die, we've already read these words this morning. He says, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me. Yet not I will, but yours be done. Wow. Are we ready to respond like this today, church? Like Mary, like Jesus, to be, to be so close to God, watching and praying that when we hear his call, we hear his voice, we sense what the Holy Spirit might be doing or saying to us, are we ready to respond and say, have your way, your will for my life. I love you so much, Jesus, that I want nothing more than to serve you and be in line with your will. Are we ready to respond to God and what he has to say to us now? Think about the two examples we've just looked at of Mary, the mother of Jesus. This wasn't a one-off random response. This kind of response, obedience, surrender and confidence in the Lord, it takes years to build up. Years of watching and praying. Imagine Jesus the young boy, growing up around his mom and seeing her confidence and surrender to God's will. Seeing her resilience to watch and pray each day and then her willingness to respond to God. Look at this impact of watching and praying. Look at the impact a parent can have on a child. The impact of a life of faith of watching and praying and then responding. And then Jesus responds In the same way, 30 years later, he's watched and grown up around this woman of faith. People in our lives are watching us. What do they see? In you. Know as parents today the impact that we can have on our children as we watch and pray and respond with Jesus. Know as a friend or a sibling or a work colleague or a neighbor. Know as people of faith here in this room the impact that we can have on those around us. Know the impact of watching and praying and then responding to God. The impact that that can have on the people that God has placed around us. I'd like to invite Lucy and the guys up. And as they start to play, I'd like us to think about what God is saying to us now and how are we going to respond. We're going to just spend a few moments just listening and inviting the Holy Spirit to come and create some space for us to respond. I'd like you, if you feel comfortable, maybe close your eyes or hold out your hands. What's God asking you today? Is he asking you to be alert and watch with him more today? 
Maybe we've got distracted or a bit off course with our faith. Or focused in on ourselves too much rather than on God. Or is he calling you to spend more time with him in prayer? To make space to be in his presence. In line with Isaiah 62. To to maybe pray without ceasing for something that hasn't happened in your life yet. Not giving yourself rest and not giving God rest from this prayer. Or is he asking you this morning to respond? Is there something that God has put on your heart that you need to react to? Maybe it's something you felt for a while or or something God has just stirred in you today. That you need to surrender to his will and say like Jesus' mum, I'm the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Maybe it's something God's calling you to do, a decision to make. Something that you've been putting off. Or is it someone God's put on your heart? Someone on your heart to share Jesus with or someone that you need to forgive? Or someone to love or to bless? Now's the time to respond. Martin Luther King famously said, you don't have to see the whole staircase. Just take the first step. For some of us, like Mary, we might have our own plans for the future, our own thoughts and ideas. But when you align with Jesus, when you allow the Son of God to come and guide you, there's a freedom and a fullness of knowing that He is in control. I'm just going to invite us to stand. As we say together, let it be Jesus. Are we ready, church, to say yes to Jesus? Yes to his plans for your life? Come, Lord Jesus. We invite you. I I wasn't going to do this, but I, I, I feel we should. Sim, would you mind bringing that cross to the front? While the music continues to play, this is an opportunity for you to respond to God. Like I said, maybe God's spoken to you today or this just confirms something that you thought he was saying to you and you want to respond. Maybe where you are, you just want to say yes to God to speak it out and lift up your voice or lift up your hands. Or maybe you feel called to respond publicly, to come to the front, to physically mark a turning point, declaring your response with purpose to the God who loves you and wants what's best for you. There's nothing special about coming forward here, but it can be significant. It takes courage. People will be here to pray for you. We're all in this together. Do you know what? When we respond publicly sometimes by coming forward, it requires faith. It requires us not to be put off by fear. 
or what others might think, but declare to God your actions to him and him alone, that your life is his. It can have powerful outcomes. It might just be a prayer that you've been praying, that you don't want to stop praying, you haven't had the answer to yet. But you can bring this to the foot of the cross right now. Declare to God that you're not going to give him rest, and you're not going to rest until you see this prayer answered. So if you feel God stirring something in you, then please just come forward. Don't hold back. Go with it. Come and respond. Place your life at his feet. Come to the foot of the cross. Put Jesus above it all. So if you feel that you come forward now as we start to lift up our voices and sing together, we declare, let it be Jesus. Let it be Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. Mm. Thank you, Father.